to episode 7 of the Self-Care Sunday podcast, a minimalist media project by Kaylee Reed. Every Sunday, only on Sundays, I'll release a new episode discussing topics like mental health, entrepreneurship, creativity, and of course, self-care. From interviews with women who inspire me to sharing my own personal struggles, this is an inquiry of what it means to take care of yourself as a woman in the digital age. Today's episode features my friend, designer, entrepreneur, and all-around creative marketing gal, Ashley Lemon. Ashley is the founder and CEO of Nora Swimwear and co-founder of the new brother brand, Finn Swim. Born on the sultry island of Bermuda, she always had a deep connection to the ocean, sand, and sun. The roots of Nora Swimwear began in late 2015 after Ashley read Girl Boss by Sofia Amoruso and started sketching swimsuit designs from her home. Fast forward three years and she's released multiple collections, has worked with influencers around the world, and is quickly making a name for herself in the fashion industry. Ashley joined me from her home in Ottawa, Canada to discuss her journey and vision as a designer, coping with mental health struggles as an entrepreneur, and recognizing how her own privilege plays a part in it all. But before we start today's episode, I want to talk about our podcast partner, Lisa Mattress. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while now, then you've heard me talk about Lisa before, but something that I haven't really talked about is the philanthropic and social side of the business, which I want to share today. So for every 10 mattresses that Lisa sells, they actually donate one mattress to somebody in need, whether it's at a shelter or through an organization, and they've actually become a registered B Corp. So you know that shopping with Lisa is a great decision. I'm actually sitting on my Lisa mattress right now as I record this. It's that comfortable. If you're looking to get a new mattress, you can use the code selfcare at lisa.com. That's S-E-L-F-C-A-R-E at Lisa, L-E-E-S-A dot com. Now into the episode. So I'm so excited to have you, Ashley, on the podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. So I'd love to start with your story and your journey. Who was Ashley before Nora? What were you like in high school? Did you always know that you wanted to be a swimwear designer? No, <laughs> no is the simple answer. Um, I knew that I wanted to do something in fashion, just generally something creative. Cause during high school I was competitively dancing and I loved it. It was just like a good creative outlet for me. So I knew that I wanted to do something creative with my career. Dylan had kind of mentioned to me, uh, about halfway through university, like, you know, you'd be really good at running your own swimwear business. You should start your own, um, swim line. And I like, fully laughed it off. I was like, no, there's no way. Like I was just, I was just too nervous. So I think like Ashley before Nora was just, she was a little bit insecure about like who she was. I I think that when I launched my blog, that was like a major turning point for me because it made me have to be vulnerable and like allow for people to kind of chit chat and for me to kind of have to grow some thick skin and, and hear people's feedback. And I really feel like that, um, put me in a place where I was like, okay, now I can actually, like, I feel like I'm ready to put something out there that reflects, I guess, me in a way. Yeah. The blog really helped me with that. Mm. 
talking about dealing with criticism and kind of people's expectations of things, I think the swimwear industry and like the fashion industry in general is a difficult area to be in as somebody who wants to empower women. And I say that because I think that there's a lot of touchy subjects when it comes to feminism and mental health within the fashion industry. There's, you know, opinions on all sides as to how companies should market swimwear, the importance of choosing models who show body diversity and controversy around the use of Photoshop and the creation of, you know, these unrealistic expectations for women and women's bodies. How did these concerns play a role in your vision for Nora when you were starting things out? Uh, Well, first of all, yes, the swimwear industry, and especially in like the body positive space, is like a very, very um, touchy subject. And when I did start Nora, I knew that I wanted to use the outlet to make women feel good. And this wasn't even really something that dawned upon me until I started, you know, having my friends and stuff put on the swimsuits, put on the samples. And I was like, okay, I want to make sure that when, you know, people are putting them on, they're like, okay, like this makes me feel good. Cause I just know how powerful it was for me when I found like the suit that made me feel like really confident and really empowered and, um, I just, yeah, I wanted to be that person for, for others. And when they put on, put on that swimsuit, but, uh, something I didn't really realize is that when I put the message of the company out there that I wanted to empower a company, that it kind of opened a door to criticism and that I wasn't quite ready for it at the time. Like I didn't really think it through in terms of like what my like really deep rooted values were and how I was going to get to a place where I knew that I'm not going to be able to satisfy absolutely everyone. It's, it's the dream to be able to obviously, but at the end of the day, I just had to accept that and just know that I can only really, I'm only human and I can try my best and, and improve along the way. And it's stepping stones, right? When I first launched the company and I was like, yeah, I want to empower women. I want to make, uh, all women feel good. I kind of had to tweak that message to be like, okay, well I can't make women, all women feel good because realistically I only have so much money to work with, especially, you know, a startup with a young, being a young woman, like you only have so much capital. And I just knew that I had to take a step back and be like, okay, it's stepping stones. It's okay. You'll get to a place eventually where you can confidently say like, okay, I'm ready to make all women feel good. Mm-hmm. In the past year, you've seen so much growth with the company, which has been amazing to watch kind of from the sidelines. But I know from experience that even when things look amazing on the outside, there's always so much more to the story behind the scenes. Has your journey as an entrepreneur affected your mental health at all? Absolutely. Um, I... I kind of opened the door to some criticism when I first launched the brand because I did say, Hey, I want to make women feel confident. And of course there's always going to be that one, you know, that one person that might not feel confident and they have every right to say their opinion. Um, but about a year later, um, actually this past, uh, spring, I had kind of a new round of criticism. Um, and it hit me really hard because I had worked, so hard to get out this new collection that I thought was really inclusive and just like a better step in the, in a better direction, I guess. And, uh, I took it so to heart and it just kind of led me to essentially like a burnout. I was working way too long of hours and I was taking everything to heart and I was being too emotional about it. 
And, uh, I just really learned my lesson the hard way. And, uh, I, I, I kind of had to change my outlook on things and I started implementing kind of rules upon myself, like no laptop in bed anymore after 10 PM and, um, making sure that I, I take some time for me in the evenings and know that when people have different opinions, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's like about me as a person and that I need to take the criticism and make it into something positive. Mm -hmm. And as I think a creator and the founder and also kind of the face of a brand, like I know some people even think that your name is Nora. Like people think that you are Nora, which I think is so funny. (laughs) The amount of emails that I get that are like, hi, Nora. (laughs) But when, when you kind of have created this thing that is very much an extension of, of you and your creative process it's so hard to be able to separate yourself from your business. And I think having those rules in place is like super important, but I don't know, like how do you even get to a spot where you can comfortably say, you know what, like this criticism is about the business. It's not about me. I need to take care of my mental health. Obviously I'm still working on it. I haven't quite like fully put like a mask up of like knowing when, knowing when it's, potentially about me and knowing when it's about the business. Generally, I can tell, like I've kind of developed some filters, like depending on where the criticism is coming from, like whether there might be some underlying issues there with me personally, um, just based on the fact that I came from a really small town. Most people know that when I, when I did start Nora um, in the first like six months, I kept it a secret. I didn't want anybody to know that I was the one behind it. And only my closest friends began to know like that it was me because I really wanted to see people's opinions without knowing the person behind it. I wanted to know like the most unfiltered opinion of what they thought about the brand before they had any sort of knowing that there was any sort of reflection of me in it. And, uh, It was kind of cool. (laughs) I felt kind of like a spy kind of going on undercover and seeing, you know, what people thought before they, they realized it was me. And, but when I did, when I did start to realize, okay, well, people are going to start to relate to a brand more when they know that there's a person behind it. It was, it it honestly was a good thing. It's, it's helped me develop a thicker skin and it's, I've honestly become a lot more confident because of it instead of the other way around. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Once one day at a time, right? (laughs) Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And you did move out of the small city that you had been based in for a long time. And as someone who also moved out of a small town to a bit of a bigger city, there's kind of this complex of like being a big fish in a small pond and then all of a sudden being a small fish in a big pond, which I think is really important for growth and especially for new business opportunities and and personal growth as well. Um, What have been some of the highlights of kind of getting out of your home base and exploring new places? Well, the big thing that's kind of happened since I moved is that I've had the opportunity to travel a lot more. And during my travels during 2017, I met so many incredible people and it just really, really opened up my views on essentially everything. Like I just started to realize that there's, there are so much more people out there in the world than you realize and so many more opinions and the opinions that might come from your small town aren't everything. And although it's very important because, you know, they know essentially you and it's truest form, like it just, it's humbling also to come to a bigger city and and you realize that, 
you know, not everybody knows about you or your business. And then once again, you get kind of those like unfiltered opinions about what you're doing because they don't know you. And it's kind of cool to, to hear about things from a different perspective that way. Yes. Would you have advice for somebody who's maybe thinking of making a big move? Um, I know you also lived in London for a while across the ocean. What are some tips for people who might be scared to kind of jumpstart a new chapter in their life, but feel like they might be ready? Um, I think the biggest thing is, although you might feel like you're ready, it's going to hit you like a ton of bricks. Um, but that's okay. Just know that it's coming, that it's usually going to require a huge change of lifestyle. Like whether it be going from being able to drive everywhere, like if you really need something late at night and you, you can usually just jump in your car and be there in five minutes. You don't have to get too cold. Like when you move to a bigger city, like you got to be prepared. You might have to take public transport and you got to be out there in the cold and all these things like a change of lifestyle is usually uh, a big part, I think, of, of moving. And I think it's okay to like go through the motions of potentially going through like the homesick bit and then, you know, the struggling, but then you're going to find your place eventually. And I, I know that because yeah, like you said, I've, I've done it twice now. And after the first time, it became so much easier the second time I moved because I was just like, okay, I know that I'm going to go through these stages, but I'm going to find my way eventually. Mm -hmm. When I moved to Montreal, I was so ready for it in that I felt like I should have moved months and months beforehand. And then I think it was like a couple weeks after actually moving and everything sunk in. I just completely like broke down. Like I remember like calling my mom crying, being like, what am I doing here? Like, am I like, should I even be here? None of my friends are here. I just uprooted my entire life to a new city. And you do completely go through this like roller coaster of emotions, but it is also such a great opportunity to grow and just change and experience new things. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just, I think it's a refresh on life, but sometimes refresh can be like terrifying. So yeah, I think it's just like knowing that it's, it's okay. Like that's going to happen. And that when you have those panic moments, like, I mean, some, sometimes I think your gut will tell you whether it's right or whether it's wrong to be there. But I think at the end of the day, like just knowing that it's okay that you're going to go through that, then you're much likely going to go through it with a better and a better headspace. Mm-hmm. So your life on Instagram is kind of picture perfect. And <laughs> I say that because like even like Nora's feed obviously is gorgeous and super curated and amazing. And your feed also like every time I see a post pop up, I'm like, okay, but how does she look so cute in pajamas painting? Like what? How do you balance like external expectations of what people want to see on social media? I think the key here is that I don't take myself seriously, like at all. <laughs> when when I'm getting photos done for whether it be social media content or Nora or anything, I am laughing during it and I'm like making the, like the craziest faces and just like as many chins as I can in between the cute photos. So I feel like that is what kind of keeps me together in, in, in taking those photos and making sure that I, like I don't let any of that go to my head. The thing is, is that, yeah, my life does look definitely 
more on the picture perfect end of things. I definitely don't do that great of a job at showing as much as I should of like the real stuff. Actually, I've I've been feeling inspired to start doing this real Instagram thing, especially when I hear like from friends back home, they're like, oh, you know, like there's, they're hearing people say to them, like Ashley's life looks like goals. You know, she's been traveling so much. And it's like, yeah, but a lot of those trips have been work trips. I've like, I've been burning out because of them. I, I become exhausted. I get sick. It's been stressful times. I've hit huge roadblocks in 2017, even though it's been a really successful year. Like, holy, <laughs> it, it was also one of the hardest years ever because I had these massive hurdles that obviously I had never faced before. There's no like precedent for this. So it's figuring out my way through those. And Yeah, I don't show enough of it on my social media per se, but I think the people that reach out to me one-on-one and they'll ask for advice and stuff, like they really get the unfiltered me and I make sure that I'm like really, really honest with them about, about starting their own business. There's been a lot of women that have reached out to me and said, Hey, I want to start my own business. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) you got to be so fully committed. Like that's the biggest thing. Yes. What is the number one thing that keeps you motivated to continue creating and putting things out even when those roadblocks hit? I guess I hang on to the moments where customers tell them, tell me that it's like changed their life or that, you know, it's been a really positive impact on their life. And yeah, I just, I think about the times that I know that I've made an impact and that's, I guess what keeps me, keeps me going on. What does a typical day in the life of Ashley look like? Because I know you do more than just Nora, although that's probably what a lot of people associate with you. Take us through like a day in the life. Well, I try and get myself up early because if I don't, I find that when I sleep in, I'm really unproductive. So I make sure that I'm up working between eight and nine, pretty used to starting work at nine because of my work in London. That was just like, life didn't start in London until like quarter after nine. (laughs) So, um, usually working by nine, I cannot start anything until I have coffee. That's like something I'm not quite proud of, (laughs) but it's, yeah, it's an essential part of my day. So I make a cup of coffee, um, emails usually start my day and then I try and dive into something creative, whether that be just like going and editing an email campaign and photos or planning a new photo shoot or something that I need to style. And then I'm fulfilling orders. Yes, I do fulfill the orders. Most people don't know that or think that. But yeah, I package the orders and I ship them out. And then I usually got something that's boring in the afternoon, whether that be like accounting or yeah, that's boring to me (laughs) or (laughs) counting inventory and and such. And then, um, yeah, usually I'm done around five and then I eat dinner. And then in the evenings I'm on social media because we all know that's kind of how businesses, most businesses run nowadays is on social media. So I spend my evenings there, but I try and limit it. And that's like the big key of what I was talking about earlier is I really try and limit my time on social media. So I'm not like constantly glued to my phone all day. And then I do usually take about one day a week. That's like just creative, whether that be sketching or I spend a lot of time on Pinterest looking up like inspiration and creating boards and just tapping into that and, and drawing. And I love that. I feel like creative people need that time. Like you need, need, need to set it aside and like make time for it in your week or in your day to just have those like really, I don't know, like organic creative moments. 
for sure. It's, it's essential. (laughs) And I love the way that you name all of your pieces. Where does the inspiration for each piece come from? And what does the process look like from, you know, Pinterest to inspiration to finished product? Um, I have no like set way, but sometimes in terms of like naming, sometimes it actually starts from the name. Sometimes it starts from the design and then it's all about aesthetic to me. So for example, the Drew swimsuit, it was a very feminine looking swimsuit. And I wanted to kind of like counter that with something that was more like on standards anyway, masculine name. So I named it Drew because I really wanted it to be something that people just feel that it's balanced. (laughs) I don't know. It sounds strange, but to me in my head, it was like, okay, that means it's balanced. Sometimes I'll design like my my newest collection all started from a picture of a living room. Like it was just a really, really nice boho living room. And that like threw me all into like the seventies. And I went through like the whole boho seventies thing and then like badass seventies thing. And I ended up somehow with my collection and, um, I actually did name almost all of them are named after, um, inspiring women from the seventies. So that was also something I tried to tap into is kind of try to pay homage to these women. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Beyond designing, you are obviously a blogger. You've modeled, you're a photographer. You do so many things. As a young female who also fits into a lot of the standards kind of held for beauty, have you ever found it difficult for people to take you seriously in the business world or as like a quote unquote girl boss? Yes, absolutely. First of all, although there's been a huge movement towards, you know, women empowering women, there's also still a lot of women out there that that don't want to and kind of take that moment of your, I guess, shine and they they want to take it away. (laughs) I think when you put yourself kind of in the limelight or at least try to, it's kind of an opportunity for women either to, you know, push you up or try and pull you down. Something that's been kind of hard for me is because I'm smaller chested and on the more like athletic body type side, people tend to criticize Nora's trying to say that it's um, built more towards just my body type, which is hard because that's actually like, it's not the goal. And yeah, I'm, I'm human. Some designs definitely might be geared towards my body type, but I do make a huge effort to uh, create designs that are going to look good on many different body types. And yeah, that's, that's something I've just kind of had to deal with and, and make sure that it's, it stays at the forefront of like Nora and what I'm doing and making sure that all the models and the designs are very inclusive. I'm curious what's next for Nora or for you, any projects that you're working on? Because I know that there is a lot that you want to share. Yeah. Well, something that I've been working on for the last, like, gosh, it's been probably eight months. Um, I'm partnering with um, my friend Katie Carpenter and we're coming out with a men's line called Finn. I'm really excited about that because I've obviously never (laughs) dabbled into the men's swimwear thing before, but I'm really excited about it because I'm just excited to kind of dive into something completely new and something that I'm scared of all over again. What else? I have been trying to create more content for the Nora Girls YouTube channel um, because, you know, people like to watch things (laughs) or listen to things more than they probably like to read things. It's less effort, right? I've been wanting to just use that channel to show women of different backgrounds 
backgrounds doing different things, doing really cool things and showing girls all around the world, like, okay, there's not only three paths to life. Like when I graduated high school, I thought that I only had three things that I could do with my life. It's like, I want to show people that, you know, your options are literally limitless. And then we just launched the Nora Girls Fund, which is a bursary that we're going to award to one woman twice a year. And she can use that towards what she applies for it with. So it could be like anything like she wants to uh, build a part that's going to be included in a drone (laughs) or it could be tuition fees or she wants to hold a show for her photography, like anything. It could be anything, um, so long as they're passionate about it. And we can tell that from the application. Um, we want to we want to have a direct impact. So we're going to give that money that we were giving in the past to an organization, and we want to just give it directly to a woman. I love that you decided to do that because I think especially right now, like this idea of feminism and empowering women is so trendy and so talked about, but just because people are talking about it doesn't mean that they're actually putting their words into action. And so when I saw that you guys launched that, I was like, yes, this is so amazing that you are like choosing to really directly support women in their goals. I love that. Thank you. Thanks. It's something I've been wanting to do for a while, but yeah, it's, it's been first of all, a hard process. Cause it was like, okay, how do we even build a criteria for this? Right. Cause obviously we want to open it up to any age. Like if you have an idea, then there shouldn't be an age bracket on it. But yeah, we just, I just want to have, I just want to have a direct impact. Right. I want to be able to see like the actual change in someone's life. So I guess that's, yeah, that's why we went that direction. Okay. So you are probably one of the busiest people I know because let's be real entrepreneurs like barely sleep. How do you find time for self-care? What is self-care to you? I mean, other than your kitten, Willa, who you can absolutely talk about because I'm obsessed. You can't talk about Willa. I like freak out. I love her. (laughs) Okay. For some context for people who don't know, Ashley and I actually got our cats from the same litter and they are sister ragdoll kittens. They are the cutest kittens ever. And I think we are always going to have a special crazy cat lady connection because of this. Literally, she's my baby. I love her. She's my firstborn. Um, Okay, so Will is an absolute essential part of self-care for me. Like, when I'm stressed out... I go play with Willa. Like it's something that it's, it's honestly probably only thing in my life that will get my mind off something. If I'm in a horrible mood, I just make Willa cuddle me because <laughs> it just, it just has this impact on me. I can't describe it. She like brings me out of my, out of my funk. Another big part of self-care for me. So most people think via social media probably, or if you've seen me like public speaking or um, at a pop-up, you probably think I'm a huge extrovert. I'm, I'm not really, I'm kind of like a selective extrovert. Like I can be pretty outgoing, but when I do these things that require me to be outgoing, I like totally need to balance it out with some me time. It's a very important part of my life. So like, let's say I'm at a pop-up all day, like the next day I want to be like in my bed or like watching a movie, have some like popcorn because I love popcorn and some chocolate I like to take care of myself yeah I think that's I mean in the hustle and bustle thing sometimes I forget to but it's always kind of at the forefront of what's important to me and like my health so yeah I think self-care is actually pretty important to me 
Yay. So every episode we finish with a quick fire round where you can answer with like one word or one sentence. Um, are you ready? I think so. <laughs> okay. What's your zodiac sign? I'm a Taurus and it makes so much sense. What's your favorite scent? Probably have to be like sugary vanilla. What intimidates you? Failure. What's your favorite book? The Book of Negroes. Seriously cried when that book ended. What does your perfect self-care Sunday look like? Dylan making me a breakfast creation and then spending most of the afternoon in bed with a movie and Willa. Thanks, you guys, for tuning in to this episode of Self-Care Sunday. You can go find Ashley on Instagram at ashlem, A-S-H-L-E-M, or Nora Swimwear at noraswim or noraswimwear.com. And finally, please go check out her new business, Finn Swim, at F-Y-N Swim on Instagram. And stay tuned. That's launching this month. And finally, have a happy self-care Sunday, everyone. If you want to stay up to date with upcoming events or new podcasts, please follow Self-Care Sunday on Instagram, or you can find all of our episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, or at selfcaresunday.co. Happy Self-Care Sunday. Mm-hmm.